Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. Why we choose to ignore the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, addiction, mental illness, and much more. What role do they play in relationships? Follow me each week as we discuss these topics with anonymous guests and experts to hopefully become better humans, resulting in better choices. Like I say, been there, still doing that. Now on to the show. Greetings, Anonymous Andrew, back with you. Life and the choices we make. Episode 53. Today, I have a gentleman, Nick Javis. And Nick Javis is a recovery coach. And Nick has, uh, uh, when I read his bio and, and I booked him, I, it, it was, I'm stumbling here because it's difficult to explain. The, the concept that he brings is something that I found very um, near and dear to me. When somebody goes into recovery, alcoholic addiction or any type of um, addiction, and, and, and especially if they use the 12 steps, and, and, they, and they're successful at putting the drug or drink down or whatever it is, and they follow the 12 steps. And the 12 steps are a map that are given to us to follow and hopefully find our way through life. And they work if you follow them and, and all the suggestions. But there are, I can't even count how many, but there are many of us who find ourselves lost after several years, five, six, seven, in my case, eight years. We, we, were, we managed to put the, the substance down and followed the 12 steps, but still can't find that sense of purpose in life. And that's exactly where I am. So I'm excited to talk to Nick because he's going to explain to us what he does and what it's all about. So up next, Nick Javis with Empowered Recovery. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Anonymous Andrew Podcast, Life and the Choices We Make. Today, I have a special guest. Um, I'm very intrigued to hear what this gentleman has to say. With me today is Nick Javis. And Nick Javis is a recovery coach, an author, a speaker, and he consults with recovery centers. Good morning, Nick. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for joining me. So, Nick, uh, my audience knows that I'm in recovery uh, eight years from alcohol uh, abuse um, and, of course, drugs, too. But alcohol was my drug of choice. Um, you are uh, also in recovery, I understand. And more than that, you branched out. So you're a recovery coach um, and everything else I just mentioned. Tell us your story and why you're here. Love to hear all about it. 
I'd be glad to. And again, thank you. It's always a privilege and an honor to to be in a place where I can tell my story uh, from this perspective. And uh, hopefully, people want to hear it. That's a that's a blessing to me, as there was definitely a point where uh, I didn't have much story to tell, or there was nobody listening. So, or I should say, there was little hope in what I was saying. Uh, today, that's not really the case. So, uh, yeah. I I find it, you know, I'm going to start from where I am today, actually, because I find it sometimes uh, irrelevant to talk about my actual addiction and alcoholism as it was. Um, I find it, I find it less impactful sometimes, because uh, we all know what, what alcoholism is and what it does and what our lifestyle is like. And, um, recovery on the other hand is a whole other, whole other animal. And that's, that's the world that I live in and that's where I meet people. And that's what I like to talk about. Um, so, you know, starting with what I do, what, I, where I am, um, gratefully just celebrated 14 years clean on July 4th and um have just a this unbelievable life that sometimes i think i'm like how is this how is this even happening what how did how did my day even go this way because it's just unbelievable um i have a, an amazing partnership with my wife uh we've been married uh, seven years, I think I'm bad at bad at keeping track yeah, of that, that time frame. But uh, <laughs> we've been we've been together since uh, 2011. Um, so anyway, we're we're both in recovery. Um, we both are passionate about people in recovery and getting them, helping them get to where they're trying to go. Um, we have two beautiful kids. We live in Northeast Ohio, a little, little bit South of Akron, where, as you know, probably AA was born. Yep. Um, so that's pretty cool. And, uh, together we are recovery coaches. We meet people in their recovery and help them get to where they're trying to go. And I'll talk about that much more in a little bit as far as what we're doing there. Um, and we, most recently, this is a, a passion project of ours on the consulting side. Um, we are helping restart a nonprofit women's recovery center here in Northeast Ohio. It's faith-based, it's long-term, uh, it's an incredible mission. And her and I are in, in the in the director's seat uh, for the time being, helping it kind of get revamped and and sustainable the the founder who started it had to step away and um we've stepped in and are getting that up and running again uh so a very very fun creative uh, amazing experience to impact this community here and and uh, i can talk a little bit more about that as well but you know what i'm trying to paint the picture of here is that as a family we are living out our passions and we're working together and we're working at our pace. Um, we are healing through that experience in a lot of different ways. Um, we have these op amazing opportunities to connect with other people and serve 
but also be compensated for that. And I mean, we live, try every day to live through, you know, what God's will is for us. And that's through our work, through our relationships, through our, our family, like everything that we're doing is just, um, has that common thread. And I mean, the days are just incredible, not to say that there's no challenges, but, um, you know, we have such a full life. That's what I'm trying to, to communicate. It's such a full life, so much love, so much support, so many opportunities, you know, abundance in all these ways. And it's just the life that is so far from the life of addiction where, you know, the size of my life was constricted, narrow. I couldn't see past the tip of my nose, as they say. Um, I had, you know, no relationships that were giving life back to me. I had no income that was giving life back to me or opportunities. You know, I was just, my life was so constricted. And um, the more I drank, the more I used, the more constricted it got, you know, it just fed that whole cycle mm -hmm. today. Um, my life is in a, in such a different place to where drugs and alcohol, um, not to say that, that I would never drink again, or I would never use again or whatever. That's not what I'm saying at all. My life is in such a different place that drugs and alcohol aren't even in the same realm, if that makes any sense. It I mean, does. they are, it's like, uh, they're in two different stratospheres. Um, do I never think about it? Uh, that's not true. I mean, there, you know, things happen, things come and go The the ideas are still are still there or whatever, but the actual desire is just has been removed and it's been removed a long time ago. Um, thank God. So how I got to that place is a is kind of a long and winding journey that I probably don't have time to fully explain. Um, but I got started in my recovery in 12-step meetings. Uh, I, I got sober in Los Angeles in a long-term recovery house, actually. Um, and that was all about changing behavior, um, getting into 12 step meetings, working the steps. I mean, multiple meetings a day, having a sponsor, um, learning how to pray or again, working the steps, sponsoring guys, repeat, wash, repeat, you yep. know, that, mm -hmm. that thing. Very familiar um, with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, for the first time in my life. And again, I was a youngster. I was 19. Um, I, I, I started growing. I started developing skills. I started having coping mechanisms. I was able to start building a life with this foundation that I was being given through AA and NA. Um, and uh, I started running recovery houses at that time as well. And uh, that was an amazing experience to be able to work in this field and help other guys kind of do what I was doing. It felt very natural because it wasn't like I had to go out and 
learn some trade, go to school to learn a trade, to come back and serve. It was just a matter of using my lived experience to to serve and my other skills that I might've had at the time, like, you know, communication or whatever. Uh, so I just felt, I felt very empowered in that situation again, because I, I was doing what was naturally, I was naturally gifted with, which was talking to people and, and seeing some insights and talking to people about those insights and trying to help people change and listen. Um, so did that for a few years, I ended up getting an opportunity to, uh, start a place in Kentucky of all places. So I moved from LA to the rural, uh, BFE Kentucky wow. and, um, and, uh, spent many years there, uh, trying to get some houses up and going and, and different parts to that, uh, as far as other businesses connected to it and, women's houses, bigger houses, smaller houses, just kind of kind of expanding and playing with that model a little bit. Uh, this was all in the for-profit uh, sector, so different than what I'm doing today. But um, that's actually where I met my wife. So she was going through, she was getting clean around the same time I was moving to Kentucky and went to uh the the center that I went out to to start help with helping with and uh, we got together about a year and a half two years after she got clean and started building our life together again serving people together sponsoring uh, men women running groups or classes and just just getting all up in people's business, you know, I mean, that was, that was our life for, for many years. Um, what I learned through that experience, along with, you know, how, how to get people from, from, you know, day one of sobriety to day 90, right. As much as that was what the, the, the center was about, <laughs> what was actually coming through to me was more about what people do when they're one, two, three, four, five years sober, clean, um, and how their life looks and the decisions that they make. Cause we were a long-term program. So people would stay there for about a year. They'd move out with maybe another person from the program. They'd stay connected. They'd be around for several years in, in the community. Um, so again, I, I, I got to see the jump between zero days clean and, and 90 days. But again, more importantly, what happens at that three-year mark, that five-year mark, um, when people stop drinking, stop using, addiction is not really the problem anymore. They get to this other place where it's like, now what, All right? right. Now, what am I doing? Well, why am I here? What's what's the point of all this? What am I going to do now? Um, and in hindsight, that was such a valuable experience um, because I found that a lot of people in recovery, myself included, um, didn't have the skills or the support to make decisions that would further grow their spiritual life, their personal life, their financial life, relationships, like every part of their lives. 
we lacked those skills. And this happened to me, actually happened to me when I was seven years clean. I, I bottomed out. I was depressed. I was stuck financially. I was um, hopeless. I mean, I, I literally bottomed out. And being clean that long, I'm thinking to myself, like, what's wrong with me? I mean, I'm going to meetings. I've got a sponsor. I'm working the steps. I mean, am I doing a thorough 10 step every day? No. Like, am I, you know, praying and meditating to the fullest every single day? No, but I'm doing the best that I can. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working these steps. I'm doing all the things. Um, and what, what came back to me was also like, you should be grateful for the life that you have. Right. And I, sh I, I was grateful. I mean, I, I had a good life. I had a decent job. I was married. I had, you know, money and I was clean and all those things. Right. But what I realized, and this is a bit of a tangent, what I realized is, um, I was practicing what I like to call gratitude by comparison, where I'm grateful only based on what I used to have or not have, or what someone else has or doesn't have. I'm comparing myself, my current situation to something else, right? And therefore I'm grateful. Instead of really experiencing gratitude, like this is what I, I'm so grateful for this experience, right? Regardless of anything else, I'm grateful. And I wasn't, um, I, I wasn't happy with my life. Um, I didn't like my job. I knew here, here's why I was discontent. And this is what we're, where I'm jumping into what I do now. I realized that I wasn't living my full potential, that I wasn't listening to what God's will was for me. I wasn't exercising my talents. I wasn't, I wasn't leaning into the life that I was really meant to live. I was sort of standing on the sidelines and just maintaining this lifestyle that I had by default built for myself. Um, and once I realized that, once that message came through to me, I realized how much power I had over my life. Um, and when that happened, I started making some decisions that were life-changing, um, career-wise, relationship-wise, you know, all those things, uh, just rocketed me into this other lifestyle of intuition, uh, growth, uh, abundance, you know, just what am I meant to do? How am I supposed to live this life that's been given to me? Why did I go through addiction in the first place? And why am I here to tell the story? You know, like what, what's the point of all this? And then actually trying to answer that question and then live it through my experience. Um, so I, I began to get introduced to recovery coaching, which is a totally different relationship than I've ever encountered before at the time. Uh, different than therapy, different than counseling, different than sponsorship or mentorship or a friend having coffee. It's like, it's a professional who's, who's dedicating their time and energy to me to find what's within me and develop that further with my, you know, 
my leadership. Like I'm the one steering the ship. I'm the one deciding what I do and what I don't do. And the, the recovery coach is the guide, you know, it's it's the same thing as a, as a football coach. I mean, the football coach sees the player and that's his hangups or what's standing in the way of him becoming an exceptional player. And he's coaching him, right. He's seeing it from an outside perspective. He's, he's working on his craft. He's, he's good at what he does as a coach. Um, and so when I experienced that kind of relationship, I just felt, I just felt so empowered and, um, supported to make decisions that were possibly risky. I mean, you know, in my mind, in my seven, eight year in recovery mind, where I had been sort of conditioned to don't rock the boat, don't make any big decisions sobriety first, um, you know, just maintain this lifestyle that you should be grateful for. Right. Um, now am I, I'm not saying that sobriety is not important or essential because obviously it is for me. Um, but when I was empowered with the ability to make decisions based on what I felt like and what I felt like God felt like was right for me at the time. Um, my life just took a totally different trajectory. And that's the the path I've been on for the last uh, going on seven years now. So what me and my wife do at this point is we meet people at three years clean, probably three, four, five years and beyond. Um, they are typically... I don't know, working a job that they don't really like a lot of people in the construction field or in um, office work or just different things that uh, are good, stable jobs for people early in recovery, right? They're easy to get into. Sometimes the people have felonies, like they just kind of transition into these jobs because you need, you need a job, you need something stable, right? Uh, but after a certain point, uh, we find some people are just, they know they're meant to be more than that. And they're feeling the pain around that. Um, this is not just about jobs. It's also about spirituality. It's about relationships. It's about, you know, everything that's attached to people's lives. Purpose. So anyway, we meet, yes, purpose. Exactly. So we meet people at these places and um, we give them the the support and the, and the, the insights maybe that they might need a lot of times it's just permission. It's like, Hey, yeah, you have the, you don't need anybody's permission. You can make that decision. Um, we might point out like, you know, these are some of the things that are on that we see that are on the radar. Um, but here are, uh, you have the permission you have, you know, you already have what you need to be able to make this decision. And it's amazing how many times people with just a, a slight shift in perspective, their whole life can change. It's similar to flying an airplane. You know, I don't remember the, the exact measurements, but you know, you turn up an airplane in one degree and you send yourself and that airplane in a completely different direction. You're miles away from where you would have been otherwise. 
Because sometimes people feel like you have to do a complete 180 when you're in your life, right? And a lot of times, at least from what our experience has been, it's not that extreme. Sometimes it's just a tiny little one degree change to the right, and you're in a totally different direction. Um, it might not happen all, all at the same time or right away, but you're headed, you can feel when you're headed in a different direction in your life, spiritually, emotionally, financially, whatever it might be. Um, so again, we've been kind of living that path for the last seven years or so. And I'm not saying that we have the answer by any means. All I'm trying to explain is that we are very passionate about what life is like beyond initial recovery, right? We're, we're looking past the getting sober stage. Um, we reserve that getting sober stage to treatment centers and recovery centers and places where people are making that first transition. When we're looking at recovery coaching and all the other things that we do, we are speaking to people past that. And that's our, that's our passion is who people are on the inside, who they're meant to be, what they're feeling like, you know, after the drugs and alcohol are out of the picture, where they want to go with their life, the things that they want to do, the messages that are, that are living inside of them that, that they want to get out there in some way, again, whether that's books or, writing or just talking to people, whatever that might be, everybody's got a message. Everybody's got some kind of story, right? Yep. Here we are. That's what we're doing today. Yep. Podcasting. Um, right. Yeah. So um, we're just advocates for people making the jump, putting themselves out there, um, trusting God, trusting whatever it is they believe in, trusting themselves. Um, I don't disagree with 12-step meetings. I don't think that people shouldn't go. Um, I think it's an amazing thing. It's a beautiful, incredible system and program and community. I have felt that it doesn't always serve people Correct. after that initial getting clean. You know, if somebody's getting trying to get sober they're on the streets they're they're just beginning go to aa go to meetings find a place that you fit in or whatever i always urge people to to start there because that's what it's for that's what it was designed to do right um five ten years down the road i find that it's rare to get the right kind of support around again relationships financial concepts career moves, you know, those things, that's not what it's for. It's, it's, it's to support each other, getting, getting clean and sober. And I think to connect people with a higher power. Um, me personally, I think I missed the higher power point, um, in a way that I, I just didn't, I didn't connect with it. So I found that through other other ways and means, some of which was just me living out in the world, not going anywhere, not going to meetings, not going to church or whatever, just living my life and trusting, learning what my instincts and intuition are telling me, and thereby finding God's will for me and connecting with that. 
Um, more recently, within the last six to nine months, I've been involved in more Christianity and and that that type of uh, realm, and that's brought me to God in a different way and in a different perspective. And so, I guess if I have any suggestions on that, not that anybody's asking, but just to flow with what I'm talking about here, um, I. I always just urge people to just keep seeking. I mean, if, if, if there's a meeting that you find, that's great. That's great. If it feels like it's not totally fitting you seek another one or seek another place to go to, or just continually seek what it is that you're looking for that you feel like you're looking for. And I think eventually you find something, or at least you're led to another place to where you can find something similar or just continue on the path. But once, once I stopped seeking and that's what happened to me at six, seven years clean, probably started around five and I was just stuck in complacency and maintenance. But once I stopped seeking, I stopped growing and therefore I, my life stopped changing. I started feeling all the things and relapse became a real a real thing. So I always tell people, this is my belief. And I tell this to everybody that I talk to in the recovery field and the people I work with that I believe relapse is a hundred percent preventable. I think there's a cure for relapse and it's, and it's growth. That is, that is what I believe the cure is, is just growth. Now you growing through the 12 steps, growing through, um, religion or spirituality or whatever that is, but growth is what I believe to be the, the answer. If we're not growing, we're, we're, we're stagnant. Exactly. And when we're stagnant, we're slipping back. We're either going one way or the other going downward or upward. And, um, I prefer today at least to go upward and there's days where that's not the case. And it's, you know, there's, it's life. Right. But, um, I, I think if we can focus our target on growth, then that becomes something very unique to the individual. It's like, what do you need in order to grow? What do you need in order to heal? Um, I can't tell you what you need in order to heal from that thing or what you need in order to grow. That becomes a very individualized, uh, but we can support each other in what all of us need. And um, we don't have to make this complicated. It's not complicated. It's very simple. Yeah. Um, let's well, help each other grow. And how do we do that? And that's all right. So, you, wow, I've been jotting down notes <laughs> and questions as you were uh, explaining that. Nick, you are, uh, what's the right word? Uh, it's like I, I'm looking in a mirror. Uh, just so the audience knows, uh, we we discussed this earlier. We have the same sober date, July 4th. Mm, yeah, right. Um, and I am in that exact excuse me exact exact place that you described at eight years sober stagnant 
Um, by the way, I just want to also explain to the audience about re how recovery works or doesn't, or it could be triggering. The minute you said you moved to Kentucky, I got triggered because bourbon was my was my alcohol of choice. And what comes from Kentucky? That's the lots of bourbon. Lots of bourbon. Mm -hmm, so when yeah. you said that, the first picture in my mind was Maker's Mark. You know, and mm. and it's just interesting how we can be eight years sober, but something is just naming a state can trigger somebody. <laughs> um, not that I want to drink. It was just all of a sudden I found myself, wow, Maker's Mark bourbon and 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 and. Technically, you can't call bourbon bourbon unless it's made in Kentucky, I believe, or something like that. Um, I found that the same thing with me at eight years of sobriety, which I just celebrated like you, July 4th. And out of this relationship now, almost 10 months, I am stagnant and I don't know what my purpose is. So all of the things that you just discussed or told us about is where I'm at. Um, even down to the gratitude. Yes, I am happy and grateful that I am sober and live this lifestyle. Um, and like you said, uh, drugs and alcohol are just a separate universe, right? As, or you say, I think you used the word stratosphere. It's yeah. just not, it's not an option for me. I, I don't think about it. It's, it's, the obsession has been lifted. And I think you touched upon something. AA, a 12-step, is great for the beginner. If they're struggling and they want to get sober, yes, go to a 12-step meeting. But this is where the 12-step system, in my opinion, and I think you may have um, agree, fails in 8, 9, 10, 11 years of sobriety doesn't yes if you if you follow the 12 steps and do 10 11 and 12 it's supposed to you carry the message and you continue some but that growth that you were talking about and and that that word stagnant is what's my purpose now i i, I can say that at 63 and eight years sober, I started a podcast. So maybe that's my purpose. And that's where I begin to grow. And I have been because in these last six months of, of doing this and staying single from this less horrible relationship, I've, I've grown a lot already. But so somebody, so somebody like myself and the story that you just told about yourself is we would come to you so I have eight years of sobriety, but I feel stuck. I'm not happy at my job. Um, while I might make good money, the job is not something I'm happy with. We would come to you um, and you would coach about finding my purpose. Yeah. So I want to clarify uh, purpose real quick, because I think that that's a buzzword a lot in our culture right now. Um, what I actually mean by that is living a life with purpose because a lot of people get hung up on what is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing? The one thing, like, am I a teacher? Am I an author? Am I a speaker? You know, we, we kind of pigeon our pigeonhole ourselves into having to pick a thing and maybe there is a thing to pick, but a lot of times, and especially 
when I encounter people who are asking that question, it's more helpful to think about how do I live more of a life with purpose? So what we do is we look at each, each area of our lives. And I, I break it down into five sections because for me, that's simpler. And in my experience, um, everything boils down to these five areas of someone's life. And it's spirituality, relationships, health, that's physical and mental, career, as in what we do for work, and finances, as in our, our money what we do with our money. So we look at each of those five areas, again, that's spirituality, relationships, health, career, and finance. And we take an honest, you could call it an inventory. You could call it, you know, take stock of, of what's going on there, right? And um, thinking about Okay, how do I how do I feel about these areas of my life? Do I feel like I am thriving to the point where I could be? You know, I think everybody by default wants to have you know, be thriving in all of these areas. Pretty much everyone is not. No. Pretty much everyone has at least one or two of those areas where they're falling short and they they feel like man, I know I could do better. I know that I could have more. I know that my life could be better in this area. Um, and that's what I'm, that's what I go after is that feeling of, I know that there's something more here for myself, right? There's a pain, there's a discomfort there. Mm -hmm. So once we start talking about that, we just, we, we, we keep going after it. We just keep uncovering, looking at things, and coming up with usually usually people already have the answer in there somewhere they already know what they need to do or what they want it's just a matter of making space for that and with coaching it's a consistent constructive conversation that you know it builds upon itself um a lot of times people have relationships, friends, mentors, sponsors, whatever, where that conversation is important and it's impactful, but it's not necessarily consistent enough to make progress, right? And to have that accountability. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be here, you know, pitching coaching, but what I'm trying to, I'm trying to explain around it because a lot of people don't they don't know what it is. They've never experienced that. And especially in, especially in the 12 step world. And that's, that's where I come from, right? Like that world. And I talk about these things or people are, they, they just don't know. Um, I didn't know again for the first seven, eight years, I had no idea that this kind of thing was even out there. Right. And to me, that's just a shame. I, I want it to be something that's at least an option. It's not for everybody. Not everybody needs it or wants it. Um, but again, we're we're paying attention to how uh, what the person um, feels like on the inside that they they know that there's more. They're no they know that they can do better or they can have more in this these particular areas of their life. 
And then we start putting action steps behind that. Like, again, people a lot of times already know what they want or what they need to do. And sometimes that that happens in the first conversation and people's lives start changing immediately because they've had that insight. Like, oh, I've been sort of walking with blinders on and all I had to do was just look in that direction. And now my life is totally changing, you know? Um, So yeah, living a life with purpose means to me, we're intentional about what we're doing in our life. And it's not just this default future that we're setting up for ourselves where we have this life that we built and we're just letting that sort of push us around all day because yeah. I, you know, part of my life is that way sometimes and definitely was more so at seven years clean where my life was just the circumstances around my life were dictating what I do every day. And I was just this kind of like passive guy along for the ride, yep. you know? And again, but- to an extent, that's an adventure and it's okay. And I liked that, but there was a lot of pain around that because I knew that I had more, more power, more potential, you know, had more to share. I had more to give. I had, I just, I just knew there could be more. Yeah. So, and I, so I wrote down as you were, so when you went with uh, one through five, spirituality, relationships, health, mental and physical career and finances, I checked off three of those that I know yeah. that, um, and, and I'll, I'll tell you relationships, career and finances are the, probably the three of my weakest, uh, I, I guess areas that I, I, I know that mentally and physically I have worked very hard on that. Uh, spirituality. I know I have that, but, Obviously, uh, as many people know, this podcast is all about relationships, and I, I suck at relationships. <laughs> it's as simple as yeah. that, and not necessarily romantic. It's a relationship uh, of any kind, um, w- which I can get into another whole episode. So, so, so somebody like myself would come to you with, so you. I have this list of these five concepts and I would come to you and you would help me with getting, finding purpose in relationships, career and finances for for myself. So that's what, yeah. Okay. Probably that's probably where that would lead because you are noticing that those areas are standing out to you. And once that conversation begins, it's probably going to uncover areas and things that you feel like you want to do or feel like you want to start doing or begin thinking about or you know it'll just lead to ideas hopefully you know and uh pathways that maybe we couldn't see before um but you would lead the way to that's the important thing about coaching it's not about like this is my process that you're going to have to conform to and follow it's more about hey here's some tools try them on what what comes back is okay let you know that worked for you that didn't work for you you probably come up with some ideas we try those out we 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 let the 
the word coach comes from the idea of a coachman or a taxi where you take people where they want to go. And that's, that's what it's about. It's not, again, I'm taking you where I think you should go. Um, Oh, here's, here's the beautiful thing about coaching. And I have to say this because we're going through it right now in real time with this nonprofit, uh, sober living home that we're starting, uh, because the coaching is a, is a, is a strong element to what we're doing there. And I, I can explain more about that if you want to, but basically what I'm trying to say is that the relationship between the coach and the person being coached is not conditional. There aren't conditions around, um, you have to believe what I believe you right. have to conform to what I think you should conform to, or you have to do what I think you should do. Right. Like it's, it's, it's very much a level playing field to where you don't lack anything. You're not, you're not looking for my, <laughs> my, uh, expertise. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I am trained in what I do and I practice what I do and I'm, and I'm very intentional, intentional about what I do, but you're not lacking anything. You're in fact, um, you have everything you need to get to that next place. It's just a matter of making space for that constructive, consistent conversation so that those things can be revealed. And that sounds a little hokey and stuff that people sometimes can't totally grasp, but it's, uh, if you think about when was the last time, when do we as people in this culture have those consistent, constructive conversations with people? I mean, it's as pretty much a never, I mean, I don't, I don't have any relationship aside from my wife at this point. And even that's not that consistent to where we actually have conversations like that, like where I make space for myself to talk about these five areas of my life, where I feel like I'm falling short, how to build on that, like where my progress is at and just keeping track of all those things. I don't do that with anybody. I mean, I've never done that with a sponsor. I've never done that with a mentor. I mean, it's just, it just doesn't exist, you know? No. So, um, I just preach from the mountaintops, the, the idea of a coaching relationship, um, people do pay for that, right? It's a service. Mm -hmm. It takes time. It takes experience. It takes energy. Um, it's not the same as sitting down, having coffee with a friend and, uh, the, the downside is that a lot of times people, especially newer in recovery, don't necessarily have the financial means to to do something like that. So that's where we're experimenting here in our nonprofit with like how do we how do we serve people through coaching um, from a donation based or pay what you can type of situation to where they can get started and hopefully get to another place financially where they can afford to pay for it themselves or find their own coach or possibly become a coach themselves and just kind of like feed that whole cycle there. Uh, that's, that's happening right now in our, in our organization. We're trying to figure that out as, as far as how we do that um, only because we believe in the power of coaching and how much impact it can have with people uh, not just who live at our sober living home, but who are outside of it in the community. 
you know, a year sober maybe, or, or two years sober and are just trying to, to live a better life, you know, yeah. and to, to live the life that they're dreaming of. And uh, I'll say this real quick, one more thing. Um, I feel like, especially us as alcoholics, addicts, whatever you want to call us, people who have struggled with addiction, um, nine, we're, we're like a different, we're the, we're a lot of times we're the, the outsiders of the world. We're the subculture. We don't necessarily fit in the box. A lot of times, uh, I know even as a kid, I was like always doing, I didn't, didn't quite fit in as they say. I mean, you the, hear it in, in 12 step meetings all the time, right? Or people sharing their story, but the square uh, peg in the round hole. Yeah. Like we just don't fit in the box mm. and our, a lot of times our experience is that we don't fit in the box in order to, to get clean. We have to like start fitting in the box. We have to get that stability and then all of a sudden, three, four, five, six years later, we're like fully in the box and having to stay there forever in our minds. And it's like, no, we don't, just because we're in recovery doesn't mean we have to fit in the box. We don't have to work like everybody else. We don't have to do things like everybody else. And I'm not saying we're special. I'm just saying that we're all unique. We all have these things about us that are probably a little anti-establishment or we're just like, we, we just, we're, we have gifts. We're unique. We're special. We're, we are individuals, right? And our whole mission, be it our recovery center, which is called beneath the shade, our coaching, our consulting, everything we do is about like, let's make space to listen to your individual experience and your unique talents, your gifts, whatever it is that's there within you. And let's make space for that so that it can grow and flourish and expand out into the world uh, the way that it's meant to. Instead of constricting you or someone to, this is the process that you need to follow or else you're not going to make it or, or else we right. can't be together. You know, like that's just um, very exclusionary and we just... We've been there, done that, and yep. that's not what we're about today. So, well, and it's funny you said that because my opening into my intro to my podcast is been there, still doing that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I feel like I am. I, um, and everything that you just talked about is exactly where I'm at. You know, I have, I, I went through the same process, and here I am at eight years of sobriety, and I am looking for my purpose. Um, so. Nick, you you have uh, an amazing story, and I, I, I this whole coaching uh, concept is um, new to me. I was just discussing this with another guest that coaching is fairly new uh, in society. I mean, we I grew up in in a world where if you had issues, whether it be mental or physical, you Western medicine, you go to a therapist, a psychologist, a doctor. Uh, but this coaching concept is something new and I'm finding it to be fascinating. So, um, all right, let's wrap this up, Nick. Uh, where can uh, people find you? Find you or your organization? Yeah, first place to probably start is just my website for me personally, and that's nickjavas.co, nickjavas.co. 
Um, that's kind of the the landing page for essentially what I do and and why I do it. Um, our nonprofit is called beneaththeshade.org is the website. Um, like beneath the shade tree, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Uh, wonderful, amazing organization, amazing people. Um, we're working with women who a lot of times don't have means and setting them up to not only live in a transitional living space for up to 14 months, but also make space for them to get coaching, to get connected with the community, to build a business if they need to, to just do all the things that we were just talking about, but doing so in a transitional living space. Um, just, I'm very excited about it. And, and my wife and I are very passionate about what we're doing. Um, so that if someone's interested in that mission for whatever reason, um, our website, there is the best place to start. And I always ask people to, you know, if they feel inspired to be involved in some way, like let's talk. Um, yeah whether that's volunteer or donate or service of some kind, you know, we connect people through zoom. We just amazing with technology now again, and we're doing it right now. Like there's so many opportunities to share messages and just the world is so much more connected now. Um, Even though we're in Northeast Ohio, we can, people can serve and people can be blessed from Anywhere. all over the world. Yeah. Yep. Instantly. Anywhere. It's just amazing. So yep. that's, that's where we are online. So those two places are good places right. to start. I will put all of that in the show notes and I'm, I'm Thank guessing you. you're also on social media. Um, sort of, I, I am personally, but, um, I find it, I find it draining, honestly, um, it is. <laughs> even as an organization, we, we don't really do it other than to give updates on certain things that we're doing. It's, it's kind of easy to stay connected with like the local community here on Facebook. Um, but me personally, I find it, it is draining, I don't know, draining and distracting. And, um, I mean, I'm on this journey actually right now where I don't even have a smartphone. I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying to connect authentically around Ooh, the world okay. with me, uh, the people in my world and and outside and just spend more time um, listening and being, and I get just it. Slowing down, you know? Yeah. You know I what I'm it. saying? I, yeah. for, for the last uh, uh, eight years of sobriety, I refused to put Facebook on my phone. Um, yeah. I just didn't want to be that another addiction. Right. Because Facebook, right. they talk about Facebook and Instagram. They they hit that dopamine center of your brain every time you swipe and all that stuff. Unfortunately, today with the podcast, if I don't have access to it, I can't keep up with. But you're right. It's overwhelming and it's over. It's distracting. So, Nick, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. It sounds like everything that you, your wife and the foundation are doing is amazing. There is uh, so many resources out there for somebody struggling with alcohol or drug addiction. And it sounds like you are doing um, great work to help people find their purpose, um, especially if they've got some couple of years under their belt. So any parting thoughts that you'd like to leave us? I mean, I, I, 
I think I've said my highlights, but I wanted to thank you for making space for that message uh, because my I friend. find it doesn't have a lot of space in our world right now. Uh, so thank you for what you're doing and being vulnerable and putting yourself out there. And uh, it's it's impacted me. So if that's as far as it goes, I'm I'm good with that. But yeah. uh, I'm sure it will it'll go further. And and again, thank you for taking the time to create this space. My pleasure. And I and I will promote you on my social media page. <laughs> so Nick, thank that. you for joining us and I hope you have a, a terrific weekend. You too. Thank you. I would like to thank Nick Jarvis very much for coming on and sharing that message. Folks sobriety or recovery I should say from any addiction and in today's world you know it used to be only alcoholism today it is drugs sex gambling pornography codependency and the, the list goes on if you indulge too much in something and it makes your life unmanageable you, you you have a problem with it you have to put that first you know yes this podcast is about relationships and the mistakes that I have made but I am sober eight years so either you go back before 2015 I'm still with or without the alcohol in my life I'm still making the same mistakes the alcohol obviously made it a lot worse and I did a lot of collateral damage. A lot. But today, I can be at least hold my head up and know that I'm not a drunk. I put my sobriety first. This morning I got up, took my bike down to the boardwalk, and then went to a meeting. Nine years ago, I'd still be sleeping right now and wake up with a serious hangover. All right, folks, thank you for listening. And as always, if you need to make a choice, please, I beg of you to choose wisely. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for leaving a review. Hint, hint. And until next time, ciao.